I come before you tonight to speak on a matter which is of grave concern to us all. I want to show you how one small podcast can single-handedly disrupt and destroy the moral fiber of an entire community. The following may upset you, it may even shock you, but I feel it is my duty as a concerned citizen to bring you this important message. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. I fucking love Let Me Be Your Hog. Referencing at the time or parodying, parodying, parodying. But this made my day good. Being able to talk about Weird Al and all that stuff. But I'm going to cry. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. There you go. This is episode 354, and tonight we're talking about UHF. That's right. We're doing the Weird Al movie UHF from 1989. There's a very, very special reason why. That we're doing this tonight. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew Teaches Poodles How to Fly, Jimison. There's no better way to tell your wife you love her than with a spatula. <laughs> oh, there you go. Man, I could actually listen to you do the whole Spatula City voiceover, <laughs> man. That'd be great. I may, I may learn the whole thing. I don't know. I like this idea. And making, uh, again, no Sam this week. He's on vacation. Though, <laughs> Andrew, do, should I share the message that Sam sent us last night? I think I'm going to. Sure, do it. Yeah, yeah I think it's okay. Um, we'll, we'll get to our very, very special guest in just a second. But I just want people to know that Sam was thinking about Andrew and I. We have a, we have a, a podcast group chat. And last night at about 9 o'clock, Sam says this message. says, holy shit. And then he says, I'm so drunk right now. And then he says, my, what I, I assume is supposed to be margarita, and which is pronounced margahaywiriad, were a hit. Next message, but maybe needs more Sprite. Next message, <laughs> my wife is making me go to bed. Next message, good night. That was like, that was it. We had no interaction. He literally had the conversation to himself, just to us. So Sam uh, had a good time last night. And therefore, uh, he made the podcast still. Uh, and if if Sam were with us tonight, he would kill you in this movie by licking your belly and throwing you on the ceiling and seeing if you stick. <laughs> See if I stick. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very weird. I don't like the image of Sam licking my belly. Oh well, my that's why I went with that one, because I thought it would be the most creepy. Yes. No, that's great. I appreciate that. Making her Cheap Seat Reviews debut, it's Lauren, who gets to drink from the fire hose from the Beard Al podcast. Hi, I'm really excited to be here, and thank you for giving me the drinking moniker, um, because that is one of the things my show is about. Yes, so while we're in this personal space here, personal space isn't right, while we're here in this space, though, uh, tell, us about, yeah, tell us about your podcast. <laughs> Sure. Yes. Um, 
as you so eloquently said, I am Lauren. I am one of the hosts of the Beard Owl podcast. It is the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest things in the world, beer and Weird Al. And the podcast is essentially uh, me and my brother, John, um, BSing about beer and Weird Al and whatever else may uh, spring from that conversation. We... We like to say that we try to pair a Weird Al song with a craft beer like one might pair um, a meal with a fine wine. Um, sometimes it goes really well. Sometimes they're very, very tenuous pairings. Like um, I think one of my one of my favorite ones um, that that <laughs> that we paired up. Oh, gosh, I can't even remember what the song was, but there was something about poop and coffee so I had like a coffee porter and I was like yeah because coffee makes you poop and I was like that's as close as I'm getting with that connection um but sometimes they're really really excellent like when we did the uh the doors style parody craigslist I had a beer called lizard king which was Jim Morrison's nickname so that went really really well uh so yeah we have a lot of fun uh exploring our love of both craft beer and weird Al and uh, just being really goofy, nerdy siblings together. So, so I, I'm going to throw this out there to you real quick because you're such a weird Al fan. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video of this couple that is, I assume they're in Pennsylvania somewhere in the Amish country uh, and they stop at a rest area. And then somehow the, the guy you know, gets into the Wi-Fi or gets into the TV system and plays Amish Paradise I've seen on the that. TV. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that. That's one of those things that when it, it makes its way onto the interwebs, no fewer than 10 people tag me in uh. Uh, because anything remotely Weird Al related that goes even relatively viral, people go, oh, Lauren might like this when it's like, yeah, Lauren already saw that. Gotcha. Because <laughs> I've been all the Weird Al groups everywhere. Yeah, well, nice. I mean, it's just the same with either Star Trek or Ska for me. I think you're like, oh, here's a funny thing about Ska. We'll send it to Sean. Yep. Well, that's great. Uh, so, yeah, very excited. Uh, I was on your show. Um, yeah. What uh, felt like, I guess it, it feels like it was last week, but I guess it was a little longer. But it aired, uh, it posted last week. and Yep. It was a lot of fun, and I had a good time uh, being on that show, and I drank a lovely cheer wine. You did have a cheer wine, and actually, in the time between uh, when we recorded that and when it got released, I made a 16-hour each-way road trip from Florida to Pennsylvania to visit family, and um, on my way back, I was somewhere in... North Carolina, and I saw a big billboard for Cheerwine, and I thought of you. <laughs> I think I out loud said, oh, Sean. <laughs> That's great. I didn't know you drove through my state. I would have waved as you drove by. Uh, it was in the middle of the night on the way up, and sure. I was tired, tired, tired on the way back. So Yeah. Um, yeah, you would have been on I-95 pretty much the whole way, yeah? Yeah, pretty much the whole way until you hit D.C., um, and then... You get to go through beautiful, like, scenic farm country through mm-hmm. Maryland and southern Pennsylvania, which is nice until I get going where I'm going. But, yeah. yeah, Virginia on the way back was, it felt like half the trip. 
Yeah, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> this traffic report was brought to you by the Beard Owl Podcast. So you're right in the sky. That's that's kind of how our show is, though. It feels like hours. Yeah. Just because it's painful to get through. That can be that can be accurate. <laughs> so let's pull up a comfy chair um, with oatmeal and uh, other things with it, and let's dive into this movie UHF. So. We are doing this movie very specifically because, well, if we were going to have you on as a guest, I felt very obligated to do this movie, and I thank uh, Andrew uh, for having to rent it, because uh, I thought when we scheduled this, it was streaming. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was streaming, and I think it just got pulled, because by the time um, I reminded Andrew, hey, we're doing UHF, he goes, great, where is it streaming? And usually that that question means that it's not streaming anywhere, Be- so thank you, Andrew, for paying the, the few bucks to rent it. I, of course, own this on DVD and VHS. Yeah. And I actually and, bought it. I thought I rented it, but it's now mine forever. Oh, so. you are so much better for having that <laughs> um, in your digital collection. Yeah. Uh, you will yeah. find that when you have a bad day, it's something that you can queue up and just kind of sit down and mindlessly enjoy. It's like my, it's my comfort food of movies. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a UHF, a big bowl of mashed potatoes because they're important. They mean something. And you'll feel a lot better. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we mentioned this, I think, on my when I was on your show that there were going to be – I felt like there were going to be uh, jokes that happened in this movie that I would now get more than I did before. Um, they all landed basically the same. Uh, as they did when the last time I watched this, which every bit was probably in college. I mean, it's probably been 20 years since I've watched this movie. And Andrew, I can't remember. Had you seen this before? This was my first time doing oh, this I'm movie. So, I'm so excited. Um, so anyone that's listened to this show for more than an episode knows that we typically don't do comedies because, one, they're kind of hard to review, especially because they're so subjective and somebody's cell phone is near their microphone and I hear weird noises or maybe that's my I hear phone. it too yeah I'll unplug my phone I'm always on silent yeah well no it's just it's on the other side of the I picture. was actually gnawing on the cord I'm sorry I'll stop yeah that actually wouldn't make a noise like that that's weird <laughs> um so yes I uh I haven't been it's been 20 years no what I was saying is that we don't typically do comedies so it'll be interesting to see if Andrew thinks that this is funny the way I think Lauren and I do. Because I will admit, I had I was in tears a couple of times and not at the parts that usually get me. They were at different parts, and I don't know what it was. I was in a good mood, so that kind of helped also, and I was excited to watch this. And I watched this with my wife, as everyone knows. I watch all these with my wife, and she could not have rolled her eyes more or loudly than throughout this movie and a couple of times where there'd be a reference like the close encounters of a third time kind joke i would pause the movie and that's from that thing and she's like okay i don't care just keep going so uh she had a good time so andrew if you would please sir your five word review and let's just get right into it what do you want to know oh yeah the the read yeah what is uhf besides three letters that most people have no idea what they mean now it's oof Right? Oh, yeah. That's French for egg. Um, yeah. Oof. <laughs> After losing yet another job, George Newman wonders if there's any other career that can handle his outrageous personality. 
When his uncle hands him the deed to a local television station, George creates a series of television shows based on social satire with the help of his best friend, Bob. However, a rival station's bitter CEO tries to destroy George's wacky programming, forcing him to fight back. Is that from like Wikipedia? Where is that from? That is from Rotten Tomatoes because oh. the one on IMDb sucked. So <laughs> I was reading along with IMDb and I thought, that's not right. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that one was more accurate. No, it is more accurate. Yeah. It's a little bit more detailed too than what IMDb has. Seems fair. I mean, I don't think that there's any way you can accurately put this movie in into a blurb which as i'm sure we'll get into as we discuss was one of the one of the downfalls of this movie in the first place when it originally came out so so go ahead andrew hit us with your five word review please well i've got two and as usual i well actually one of them does fit into five words so i'll i'll go with that one first okay better than parody films made today well, that's six words. Sorry. Better than parody films today. I'll say that. There you go. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And then my other one, which is not five words, uh, throws it all against the wall to see what sticks. <laughs> that's very fair. I think that's yeah. pretty fair. Because, uh, yeah, this movie does kind of have that feel of let's just try it and see if it's funny and we'll just go from there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, so just go ahead and lay it out, Andrew. I mean, what'd you think? Like, first time viewing? I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. This, like, I can't imagine that you lived with me and I didn't force this movie on you. Yeah, this is one of the weird... Uh, this got through somehow and I, I wasn't forced. Usually you would tape my eyelids open and <laughs> tie me to a chair and make me watch things, but this one didn't happen, so... Yeah, I'm really surprised. Well, it's hard to review parodies. And I, I, in my opinion, um, but I will say this one, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't love it as much as you two do. Obviously I can already tell how this is going to go. And I don't mean to bash a lot of it, but, um, some of it I felt was a little dated, but surprisingly, a lot of it wasn't, uh, a lot of it still holds up today. I think, um, but some of the jokes, of course, are a little aged. Um, we had some parodies of movies like um, Indiana Jones, uh, which is such a huge movie that anybody knows who that is. So I think that still holds up fairly well. But then we had things like Conan the Librarian, uh, which I honestly thought that scene was pretty funny. Um, but if you don't know who Conan the Barbarian is, then... Okay. Yeah, I know, no. I know. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I mean, there were just lots of lots of great things, and then lots of things. I was like, mm. with my five word review, uh, saying that he threw stuff to the wall. I feel like there's just a lot in here that let's do this to be funny. Let's do this to be funny. If this is not funny, okay, whatever. Let's just throw it in the movie. Um, and I feel like that is kind of the way that I made audio. Uh, I had a best friend whose name was Andrew when I was younger and we would like fourth grade, we would go to each other's houses and we had this cassette recorder and we would record radio shows and we would just make up stuff. And I felt like this is kind of that way. So fourth grade me 
probably would have loved the heck out of this movie because it's very much kind of like what I did in fourth grade. At least that's what it reminded me of. Um, but you know, 37 year old me, uh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, some of it works for me. Some of it doesn't. I have some questions. I have two pages worth of notes and I'm not going to get into it now, but I'm going to ask you guys some stuff throughout, um, throughout the show tonight. So sure. I'll leave it at that. Well, that's fine. I, I will say this. Um, first of all, don't feel like you're going to be assaulted by either one of us for not loving the movie as much as we do. I don't think <laughs> that's, no. that's like how Weird Al works, right? Like it's, oh, right. no, no, no. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not like a fandom, like to be honest, like Star Wars, where if you have a dissenting opinion about, oh, I don't know, The Last Jedi, you're like excommunicated from the the, the, the Star Wars community. So I don't, right. I don't think that's going to happen. So if you don't like some stuff, that's fine. I think it's perfectly fine. And humor is so subjective. And to your very specific point about fourth grade, you liking this, I really think college you would have loved this. And that's why maybe I'm really so. bummed. Well, and it. Maybe if we had watched it together or with friends yeah. or if I had had a little drink because I was watching it, maybe it would have hit me a different way. Um, but just by myself, I thought, mm, yeah. You know. Yeah, I get that. I do get that. And I do think sometimes movies are better. Some movies are more of a social thing. I mean, like Rocky Horror Picture Show is a perfect example of that's a social yeah. event. Yeah, you're really it's it's stupid to watch that by yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I get that completely. And you know, yeah, to your point with UHF, I can't imagine, first of all, making it you know, over halfway through my thirties without having seen UHF. So like kudos to you for, for that, I guess, is that's either like something to be proud or ashamed of. I'm not sure, but to get to that point and then have to watch it by yourself as an adult, that has to be like super, that's, that's interesting because I've watched it myself as an adult, but I, I've, I've seen it. I, I right. I can't tell you how many times, right? And there's so some I nostalgia can, there for you. Yeah. Of, oh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. So I can sit and watch it by myself and and that's fine. Um but yeah, and, and comedy is one of those things that it's very difficult to experience alone. Yeah. You know? Um cuz I find especially if I'm watching a comedy movie that the person I'm watching it with has seen before I tend to kind of look over at them for like cues like oh are they laughing at this part well I better pay like extra attention like what yeah. are they laughing at you know and you kind of comedy is communal and it's really weird to have to experience it in a vacuum so well and that's the very reason that sitcoms have laugh tracks yeah, yeah. to let people know it's okay to laugh at this right yes yeah, yeah. Which I um, but yeah, yeah, I know I, I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, but there were, there were two scenes, like I said, Conan, the librarian was one that really, I laughed out loud. And then uh, I think maybe it was just the shock of the guy getting split in half. Um, and then the scene that literally I was rolling was when he's getting interrogated by the guy with the staples in his face. And he just goes red rum. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that hit me the way that it did, but that was funny. <laughs> and see, it's, it's funny. That's a, a bit that landed differently this time because when I had watched, I had not seen The Shining up until what when we watched it for the podcast three years ago. Right. So I never got that reference. And it wasn't until I think a Simpsons episode made reference to it where I went, oh, they're, 
he's doing a thing from The Shining. So when I watched it this time, he's just doing the thing because you know he's insinuating he's going to go kill her. You know, he's going to kill Stanley and and George, and so he does that red rum thing to kind of you know, insinuate murder. <laughs> and and it's a funny little thing, but this time I go, oh, I get that, I get that point now. Whereas before I didn't get it. I just thought I was just doing some weird thing <laughs> that had that had no meaning. So I, it's funny that you brought that one up. Well, and I do wonder are, if there are things, and you guys can probably help me, uh, if there are things that I just missed, like if they just went over my head because I don't understand the references. Um, and uh, th- I'm sure there are things like that in there sure. that you you might know about that I don't. Uh, right. I, I, I Yeah. Um, knowing Weird Al and the way that he works, like I do, like I'm not, I don't know him. I'm not like a close personal friend of Al, even though I'm in the group on Facebook, the close personal friends of Weird Al. Um, But anyway, he doesn't do anything by accident. So any little thing that you see or hear or, you know, lyrics, anything like that, that you may write off as random or just kind of nonsensical, I, I I would guarantee it means something. Whether or not yeah. we know what it means, it all means something. And that's something my brother and I have actually discovered in doing our show, where we'll hear a song and then we'll go, oh my God, that lyric, that we never <laughs> got that until like we really thought about it, you know? Um, as an example, I, and I, I know I'm derailing a little bit, but this is, this is how Weird Al works, right? In the uh, the song "I Want a New Duck," the parody of Huey Lewis, "I Want a New Drug," mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there's a line: um, "I want a new duck who, and he'll he'll show me how to get down, how to get down, baby." And then he goes, "Get it," and it just sounds like a dance move, like dance thing, right? About two years ago, I'm driving in my car by myself, listening to Weird Al as I do, and it's talking about the duck who will show him how to get down, how to get down, baby. And I was like, duck feathers down. I get it. I am 34 years old and I get it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And like, we, we have moments like that all the time, all the time. I remember Larry, it was a really good gag. It was a joke. And the, 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 you know, the rag he stuffed Larry's mouth with. It's like, oh my God, it's a gag and a gag. I get it. You know, there's layers to it. So I'm getting very passionate and I'm going to calm down. <laughs> no, I'm even- with you though. I mean, the, there was a scene that, I mean, it's probably by today's standards, probably very racist. Um, but there was a scene that, uh, uh, what's his name? Coon- Cooney. Cooney. Yeah. Cooney. Yeah. Uh, was in the supply closet and they supplies. came out and said supplies <laughs> And I didn't get that that was them saying surprise just in an Asian accent until I watched it a second time. I did watch a few scenes twice. And I so, and I was like, oh, my God, that's funny, but it's so racist. Right? <laughs> right? There's so, like, yes. I mean, Gandhi, too. Gotta love it. But yeah. that's brown face, you know. Yeah. Also yeah. kind of racist. But, right. I mean, I'll have a steak. Medium, Medium rare. rare. Like, come on. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is not a movie that he could make in 2020 or 20. No, but I mean, there were there were Nazis and KKK members on well, the on the talk show. We can we can make fun of those people, but yeah, uh, but I mean, 
Yeah. But to be fair, there are a lot of 80s movies we can't make now. We just Very true. It's just a different... I mean, well, like Chad used to say, it was a different time. Um, see, now I, I've said it and I have to play it, but... Uh, you know... It was a different time. Thanks, Chad. Um, God rest his soul. Yeah. Uh, he was the one of the original uh, mm. cast members for here. Anyway... He didn't actually die. It's fine. Um, he just had a kid and stopped doing podcasting. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, my gosh. I thought I felt bad for laughing for a no, second because no. that was such a funny little interjection. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because John and I say, like, R.I.P. Rip, like, on our show yeah. a lot. And I was like, oh, no. Sorry, did I make a phone No, call? no, no. You're, you're fine. <laughs> we, we, there was a couple other funny little things of Chad that I, I captured, like... Um, the devil. Yeah, things like that. Like, he just said some funny stuff that I captured over the years. So he's just figuratively dead. Okay. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. 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 Basically, uh, episode 100, he said, I'm out. And so we said, hey, Andrew, you want to be on a podcast? And he's like, sure. And so Andrew's been with us since episode 101. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's well, great. Your, nick- your nickname should be the Dalmatian. Oh, here you go. That's a lot better than the nickname someone tried to give you in in, in college. So yeah, <laughs> we won't go there. Lauren, what is your five word <laughs> review if you have one? I don't. I don't think I prepped you on that. I'm a bad host. Oh no, I'm just gonna say uh, one of my favorite movies. That's fine. Perfect. It's five words. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I could think on the fly. I, I took an improv class once. Oh yeah, I can't. <laughs> I have to write everything down. Um, like everything. Uh, great. Well, then I'll do my five word and I will say, uh, is that five words? Yeah, it's five words. A quietly brilliant, funny film. And by quietly, I mean like, like mainstream didn't see it. And it it was the, the video was actually on hiatus for a long time because, um, Orion, the company Orion went bankrupt and they had right. the distribution rights. And it wasn't yeah. until someone basically bought their catalog, their back catalog in 02 that allowed this to be on DVD. Yeah, it's on MGM now. Yeah. Mm. MGM. Yeah. They got it. Um, and so, yeah, that's a crazy thing uh, to think about because it was out of print for such a long time. Now, I don't think I actually saw it until around 2002 for the first time. Um, yeah, I just think about it, yeah. Because we didn't, my brother and I became big Weird Al fans in like the mid-90s, right? And so we couldn't get it on VHS or anything in the mid-90s. So then when it finally came out in 2002, we were both still in you know high school and stuff. And so we just said okay like this is the thing so i was in a i was in a very weird age the first time i saw uhf um but it's been part of my life for you know 20 years now so yeah i'm trying to think too if i saw it i like i want to say i saw it on vhs in the 90s in high school yeah but i remember seeing it in the in the movie stores yeah when we actually had those but it would have been the original kind of you know release of the of the video Oh the, yeah. Um, well, we may hmm. We may have rented it. I, yeah, I don't. Our, I don't know if I rented it or if a friend, my friend Jeff, that that brought me on to Weird Al, if he had a copy. I don't remember. I do definitely remember watching it a bunch in college, but it it had to have been before two thousand two because 
Um, that was my that was my junior year, and I know I watched it. Uh, my my sophomore year, uh, uh, who used to also a gentleman used to also be on the podcast with us, Cornelius. He and I watched easily five or six times, easily in the apartments. That's again, that's why I'm so shocked that Andrew didn't watch it. But he didn't. You didn't live with me until a year or two later. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely college for me, and this was just this was in my staple. This was in my rotation of movies to watch, along with Happy Gilmore and Army of Darkness and oh, Army of Darkness, Die Hard, and um, you know these were just movies that just. They were on repeat at my apartment, and you just come over at any given point, and I'm watching one of those kind of movies. I mean, anything else you think of, Andrew, that I had on repeat often? Um, no, the only one that really sticks out for me, well, two of them, was uh, My Fellow Americans that we watched. Yeah, uh, we, we watched that one a bunch together. Uh, and then we we watched a horror movie, uh, 28 Days or, yeah, something like that. Oh, 28 Days Later? Uh, and my wife thought it was the 28 Days Later with Sandra Bullock. And she got freaked out and had to go in my room in the apartment. And uh, she wouldn't watch the movie with us. I do remember watching that. I do remember that yeah. part with Karen, too. That's funny. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, needless to say, a lot of... Lot of uh, a lot of memories with this movie. And again, watching it this time for the show with the purpose of taking notes. I mean, you can't take notes critically on this kind of movie. You just can't because I just assume that anything I see is on purpose. Uh, even even stuff like when the crazy Eddie is going to club the baby seal, you see the, the shadow of the handler raising his hand to make the seal go up and down, you know, like I just assume that's in there on purpose because to make the commercial look bad. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple other, like there was a, there was a couple of, uh, you know, boom shadows that I saw and I'm like, I don't care. I really don't care because the scene's still funny. So I'm not even going to write it down, but, um, but my first note on this movie was I had forgotten how this movie opened. I just forgot. I was like, wait, I know he has his TV station. How does he get the TV station? I totally forgot about the whole thing where it's it's Uncle what's his name and and he has to he 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 wins it in a bet. Like for some reason I was watching it this time thinking is his uncle in the mob or something? But no, he's just a gambler. <laughs> so so the uncle won it won the station in a bet. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Like okay, because that was one of my there. questions. I, I wrote down a lot of questions, and that was one that I wrote down because I had no idea how his uncle got it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I missed that somehow. Let's go he ahead went, and do. Uh, s- oh, go ahead. Sorry, Lauren. I was just saying he wanted in a bet, um, Uncle Harvey, Uncle which Harvey, Harvey is a name the, that we hear again. Yeah. Of course. And one. Weird Al's oeuvre. Is Harvey the Wonder Hamster. That's right. There's actually a fun connection with George Newman, which is the character Al's character name. He actually that name pops up again in the video for Word Crimes. Yes, it's, on it's the, um, the name of the uh, on the term paper, mm-hmm. and it's also the uh, the Reddit handle of the user that will mock you online. <laughs> <laughs> and he got it from. Uh, Mad, Mad Magazine. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second. Uh-oh. I'm just going to sh- show you to this. Uh-oh. For our for our uh, audio listeners, which is everyone, because we don't do video. I Jeez. know, but it doesn't matter. She has got a, a, a copy of Mad Magazine oh, nice. where, with Weird Al 
guest he was the editor, tech guest builder. editor, the first ever guest editor for Mad Magazine. I think it was the only time this happened, and it was Weird Al. She's got and it. He got, cool. he got the you know George Newman from obviously, you know, Newman yeah. from Mad Magazine, and so anyway, Newman. That's one of my prized possessions. It's in the plastic sleeve. I'd have to get the the gloves out to open that for you. you certainly don't have to do that. <laughs> Um, let's see what else. Some of my last few notes, and then I, I'm actually really interested in your questions, Andrew. Uh, so I'm going to roll through some of my notes, and then we'll do questions with Andrew. Um, Kevin McCarthy is so good as a bad guy. Uh, he is just so good. He was the station, Channel Eight station. Owner. Yeah. He's just- what else have we seen him in? Because I feel like he's been a bad guy in other things. I feel like he's a bad guy, in not all as things. over the top. Yeah, he he did a lot of serious movies. Uh, before that, he was in um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's probably the thing that he's known the most for. That was in like the hmm. the fifties, I want to say. Um, but he and he and Leslie Nielsen kind of had a similar career shift around the same time when they went from doing yeah. like serious dramatic roles to just like I'm going to be a parody of myself, and right. kind of fell into that. So I'm trying to see. The um, the one movie that I know him from the most is Inner Space with Dennis. Okay, Quay. yeah, he's the yeah. evil scientist man. Yeah. But I mean, it's again, he's playing a cartoon character, bad guy. You know, right? And he is very much in this one, very much a cartoon yeah. bad guy, which is great. I just I like him. Yeah, I mean, he's in movies like he's in Piranha, nineteen seventy eight. Uh, there was an Oregon Trail TV series in the seventies. That's kind of cool. He was in Twilight Zone, the movie. Huh. Interesting. A lot of TV, a bunch of TV. Man, maybe that's where I'm remembering him from as television series because I don't feel like I've seen him in movies. I mean, he was in The Man from no. Uncle. I mean, I'm trying to think here. Let's see. He's got what? He has 204 acting credits. I so mean, he's done a job or two. Yeah. I mean, the guy, he was working right up until he died. He died in 2010 at the age of 96. And he had stuff coming out in 09. He actually had something come out in 2012. Obviously, that was much later. But uh, yeah, he's just. But, you know, he oh, was in Looney yeah, Tunes I, back in action. Go ahead. I was going to say, I just, I'm, I'm looking at his. I, it's oeuvre once again. That's a weird owl word, the oeuvre. <laughs> um, but he was in The Misfits, 1961, Marilyn Monroe, Cary Grant. They're both their last movies yeah. he was in the misfits and that was actually just on uh tcm i want to say this past weekend and i actually I, I actually watched it and now it's it's coming back to me now it's like oh it's like oh oh that's the guy <laughs> okay he was much younger you know yeah but that's the guy yeah yeah and he was in two episodes of in the heat of the night yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff, mostly TV, but good gosh, just 200-something acting credits. I mean, good on him. That's great. Yeah, he's great. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a really good bad guy in this movie. And boy, I had forgotten kind of how much they pile on him at the end. I mean, <laughs> just, yeah. let's just keep kicking this guy while he's down. But, it, you know, as bad and- guys go, it's fine. It's fine, and the the lore behind the filming of the movie goes was that you know Kevin McCarthy was having such a good time being this bad guy. Uh, he, he, I, I read a quote from him somewhere. Um, one of the you know 
27 other times I've talked about this movie um, with people, <laughs> but I love it. Uh, that he, he said that rec- uh, filming UHF was probably his favorite film to ever to ever do because you know he'd be like mean and angry on set and then be like that was great let's do it again you know like super (laughs) cool um so one of the long one of the let's see one of my other notes was uh so when i first saw this movie i remember this i was having this this vivid memory wash over me as i was watching it this time when I saw this for the first time, you know, you know, Al is he and um, Bob are sitting there, kind of lamenting that the station is about to run out of money, and he's watching Beverly Hillbillies on the TV, right? It's on the rerun, uh-huh. um, and he has a dream, and then we get into the Dire Straits parody of Beverly Hillbillies song, and I thought in the moment, thinking, "Oh, this is how they're going to save the station. They're going to become." the parody version of MTV. Like, that's what he's going to do. He's going to make his parodies for the station. They're going to make these parodies. Like, it'll be... That's where I thought that that was going to go. Instead, it's just a dream sequence for a song that he wrote. And... that, Yeah. That feels like it was a music video just slapped in the middle of the movie. Uh, You know, and I get it. But I also feel like at this point he was saying, look, this is what I do. Like I do music video parodies. I do music parodies. So I'm going to feature it right here in my movie. Sure. And I mean, it worked, I guess. It's but also not the only one. No, it's not. Yeah. But that one kind of, for me, stopped the movie a little well, bit. Yeah, because it has the music video like tag on it in the corner yeah. and it's very jarring especially because it's it's billed to you in the film as a dream sequence and i mean how often do you fall asleep with the little you know music video credits in the corner going through your mind <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. yeah no i mean it's yeah it's a thing and and here's the funny thing i forgot to mention this in when i was on your show so i bought the album before i saw the movie so that song I knew. So when the when the it's, it starts happening in the movie, I thought, oh, I know this song. I know the lyrics to this song because I've been listening to it. And so it always made me wonder why, like like because on the CD you get the Spatula City commercial and you get the <laughs> the Gandhi Two commercial, but it's just the audio. So there's there's noises and banging and things happening. I have no idea what's happening. And then there's also the. The Let Me Be Your Hog song. I, I, oh my gosh. I love Let Me Be Your Hog so <laughs> much. I almost dropped an F-bomb. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that but or if not. If you do it, I'll edit. Don't worry about it. But I just like, I fucking love Let Me Be Your Hog. Like, I'm sorry. I just do so much. It's like, what, 20, 22 seconds of just magic. And is there is there more to that song? No. Well, no, that's, sort of. No. Uh, <laughs> not not like there's it there's matter. like 6 seconds after basically right right when he cuts it off, right? When he turns off the radio, there's like 10 seconds of just feedback and then it just cuts off. So, yeah, it's, so it's not a full song no. that he wrote. It's just no. a little snippet. Yeah. No, it, it should be a full song. Um, because I find that if you, if you listen to let me be your hog about 10 times in a row, it feels like really good. 
Um, so <laughs> let me be your hog is on my workout playlist, and it's like the most intense 20 seconds of my workout that I have. Yeah, baby, 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 baby. Oh, I love that song. I mean, so even much. snorts in the song, which is great too. It, it, I know, yeah, it snorts, it's great. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, my last few notes here. Uh, when he's doing the apology to uh, to Terry, and he sends her that giant heart uh, that says "I love you" or whatever. It's a fluorescent thing. Like I've had to buy fluorescent tubes for stuff. That stuff's not cheap. That sign probably uh-huh. cost like five hundred dollars in nineteen eighty nine. All I could think of was that was an expensive gift. Well, um, that's actually. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's actually one of my questions. So while we're here, yeah, what was the budget for this movie? Five million dollars. Because there's a lot in here that looked expensive. I, I think mean, half the budget went to that opening Indiana Jones sequence. Um. <laughs> I mean, there's that, and then there's I mean, there's helicopters, not one but two. Um, there's the uh, the fluorescent that you just mentioned. And then there's, I mean, there's tons of stuff in this movie that I thought it must have really cost them a lot. Um, not to mention paying all these actors because there's a lot of people in this movie. Well, so it's, there are a lot of people, but you have to also remember this is a lot of people before they became people. You know, right? What I'm I mean, like they were friend, before we they became big names. We didn't care about Friend Dresser yet. We didn't care right. about uh, not Keith Richards, um, uh, Michael Richards. Thank you. We didn't care Michael about Richards, him yeah. yet. Yeah. You know, like, uh, we, we all knew who I, Billy Barty was, but, you know, you know, he is, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's such a bit role. I mean, I, I see him and think of the Grand Wizard from Willow. Yeah. Um, and uh, Victoria Jackson. Yeah. You know, yeah. Saturday Night Live, but like, she was never really much of anything other than the, on there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you had, uh, I always forget. What's his name? The guy, he was on General Hospital. He played Luke on General Hospital. He's the alien in UHF. Oh, yeah, Philo. 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 Yeah, Philo. I'm looking for his credit here. Because well, that's the thing that always sticks. I, I First of all, I never remember the guy's name, but I always remember that he was on General Hospital and he took this <laughs> role because it was completely different than what he'd done. An- you know, on, An- on soap operas. Anthony Geary, Gary. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, it was it was perfect because it was such a ridiculous role, but you could tell that he was taking it seriously. Yeah. You know, mysteries of the, the universe. universe. Today, I'm going to teach you how to make plutonium from common household items. Old items. There's <laughs> there's actually a lot of uh, cameos that weren't, but that were supposed to be because. People just wanted to be a part of this thing. So, like, mm-hmm. Al reached out to Schwarzenegger and have not Schwarzenegger, uh, uh, Stallone for the Rambo part. And he wanted Stallone to be the ticket, the money taker for the helicopter. <laughs> and Stallone agreed to do it, but they couldn't get the schedules to line up for that he could be on set. Oh, man. Because it's just such a throwaway part, but he was going to do it, according to the trivia. He wanted to do yeah. it, but they couldn't get their their schedules to line up. So, um, they were able to save a lot of money by, I mean, because most of the movie they're they're in basically there's two locations except for 
the 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 California desert uh, of the of the Rambo scene. But they're either at UHF or at Channel Eight for the most part. And then all the other locations are so small, like his apartment, you can you can mock those up anywhere. And so yeah. so those were all done at a TV station in, I think they filmed this in Oklahoma. Tulsa. Uh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. it was like a newly renovated space. So they had kind of control of the area. It wasn't like an actual office building that was being used yet. And so that's why Channel 8... You know, it's just is one set, and then the UHF set is just next door, mm-hmm. and so that helped keep costs down because they were always kind of near each other. And so, I think the only other time that they weren't in that space was when they were in the studio at UHF, and that was at a as a in a warehouse, and so that's just set decoration. So. Yeah. yeah, they used they used a lot of local stuff. Um, I think you know Big Edna's was an actual burger place in Tulsa. Um, hmm. You know, any anywhere that's that felt like a real place, like was yeah. Um, in 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 one way or another, which is it's kind of cool, you know, that they they were able to work with what they had, and um, and I had heard that Stallone bit too. And sidebar, we're actually recording this on um, Sylvester Stallone's birthday, oh, which yeah. is neat. So, oh wow! Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I do love the yell when he finally when he breaks into the door. <laughs> I, just, I know <laughs> that's yeah, um, but you know, people often underestimate the power of Weird Al uh, and his yeah. ability to kind of get people to do things because it's like, hey, it's Weird Al, okay? Yeah. You know, could you imagine like? With great power comes great responsibility, and I think Weird Al wields that power very deftly because uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm Weird Al. I can get people to do basically anything I want, but you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be weird about it. It's okay. There's yeah. there's other I think also properties that are very similar to that. Like when Star Wars was being rebooted or not rebooted, but brought back, J.J. Abrams was like, hey, I'm doing a Star Wars. And just celebrities were like, we just want to be a part of it. So like, that's how you get Daniel Craig in a stormtrooper costume. You never see his face. He just wants to be in a Star Wars movie. And right. Simon uh, Pegg, you know, he's like one of the few Star Trek, Star Wars crossover guys. And you never see his face, but you hear his voice. And you know, like like it's the same kind of powers. I can I totally get that. Where it's like people. Because like no one hates Weird Al in Hollywood except maybe Coolio is still kind of pissed for some reason. But he got over it. <laughs> Coolio did. He admitted it. Um, he was like, "Yeah, I shouldn't have been so hard on the guy." You know, it was funny. I was kind of full of myself. Oh well. Uh, but yeah, nobody hates Weird Al because you can't. Like yeah. I feel like it's like a federal crime to <laughs> yeah. hate Weird Al. Um, there's like a whole wing. Guantanamo Bay for those that hate Weird Al. <laughs> um, I mean, I do know a lot of people that don't like him in that they just don't care. Right. Like, like, like my wife. Let me just be honest. My wife doesn't like Weird Al, but she doesn't hate him. She just, if it's if I have it on the in, in the car, she's like, well, whatever. I don't care. I'll you take know? indifference. That's fine. That's basically what it is. It's like, yeah. It's 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 the way I feel about. All of country music. It's just like, well, okay, it's there. I don't really want to listen to it, and I won't seek it out. But it's not hurting anything, so whatever. Right. Um, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, it kind of is. But you're, <laughs> <laughs> kinda, it depends. Kind of hurts my soul. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, you know, and anything but Garth. You know, I love Garth Brooks, so we can. <laughs> I'll listen to Garth. Last couple things. Uh, I had such a crush on Fran Drescher. Uh, yeah, this movie breaks my rule, and one of my rules, which is that movies from the seventies and eighties always had female actresses that were just kind of. I mean, Fran Dresser is a very attractive lady. I, and I even thought so later on in her career. But in this one, I thought, she's kind of hot. Yeah, I thought she yeah. she's, not the, she's not the nanny here, but she's kind of hot. Yeah, because um, she didn't lean into the yeah. voice like she does in, in The Nanny, which yeah. I watched. I watched that whole series. At oh, least. I did too. Yeah, I watched that whole series with my wife. There's a great episode, Lorna. You're kind of shaking your head. Did you you didn't watch that series? I saw quite a bit. No, I, I mean I've seen some of the nanny. It's on my list to uh, rewatch. Um, so, question: Where is it streaming? Oh, I'll find out. But while I tell you that, I will. <laughs> uh, while I find out, uh, I'll say that. Uh, so, because I was watching it, we were watching it as it was just in reruns. Like it was, we were watching. We watched the final season as it was coming out. Okay. And my wife and I, well, I guess we were just dating at the time, but. Um, there's an episode where they go to a Japanese steakhouse and she eats wasabi and it quote unquote clears up her sinuses. And so then you hear her normal voice and she goes, <laughs> Oh wow, this is what this feels like. And then she talks for a minute and like all the kids were like, is this what you normally sound like? And then she goes right back into the voice and uh, she's like, Oh, I guess it doesn't last very long or whatever. So that's amazing. It is pretty. It's a funny. That's bit. amazing. Yeah, it's a funny I, I love bits like that. Like I just finished watching um, the Will whole, and Grace. The whole series Car- is on HBO. Karen does the same thing. It's on HBO. Okay, yeah. well, I'm gonna have to get HBO because I have to watch NFL um, Hard Knocks this season anyway. So. Uh, yeah, Karen does do that a couple times in in, yeah. in the thing. It's you know, because she, you know she's always up here, and then every once in a while she's like, "Leave him alone," and yeah. it's like, "Oh, that's weird." Okay. I, I do love I'm not I know we're on a weird tangent, but this is what this show's all about is weird tangents is when Nick Offerman comes on that show. He's the plumber. He, like, yeah. And like he like she like Karen wants nothing to do with him, but he's trying to like hit on Grace and and she's like, he's not attractive. Like I don't understand. Like the and when we oh, watched yeah. it the first time, neither one of us got the joke until probably when we watched because my wife and I watched Will and Grace probably twice all the way through. And it was on the second viewing when I said, that's her husband. And we're yeah. like, oh, the joke is way funnier now because that's her husband. Yeah. I didn't we, get that until Parks and Rec. So yeah, that's how, that's how far behind I was. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's so wild. It's so wild. It is. Uh, let's see. Town Talk is Springer before Springer, which I didn't think at the time. It's actually making fun of Geraldo's show, but. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I forgot Geraldo show existed. Honestly, um, so the movie does one trope that I kind of hate, but I don't really care because again, it's it's Al. But when Philo goes, Philo, am I saying that right? Yeah, My, not so. Milo. It's Philo. When he goes to and he sneaks into Channel Eight and he drills a hole in the ceiling tile, and he's he's sitting on it and he's sitting on the tile. Right on the ceiling tax, yeah, yeah. It's that drop ceiling that can hold about four pounds, and he's sitting on it. And then he puts that camera that's the size of a bazooka, right? That massive camera, which 
I know doesn't have microphone on it, but I don't care. And, you know, and the, the cord isn't attached to anything, but again, whatever. But it's like the trope is only, I only am very aware of the trope because there are lots of movies that make people think that you can walk on those ceiling tiles and you can't. I mean, you look at those tiles wrong and they break in half, but. Maybe, maybe he was like using some alien anti-gravity skills in order to do that because remember philo is essentially the embodiment of like deus ex machina anyway in this film so i'll buy it i don't care you know because then again you know george's aunt pinches his cheek and it's stretched out (laughs) like six so i mean you have it's a basically this is this is a live action cartoon sure so, yeah, yeah, and physics don't really matter. I'm not mad at this movie for doing it. I honestly, I again, I really don't care that they do it in the movie. I, I'm, I'm very okay with the idea that a guy is so oblivious to his surroundings that there is a camera lens the size of a shot glass in his ceiling and he's unaware of it. Like I don't <laughs> I care. <probably> would be. <laughs> like I don't care about that stuff because it because you know we needed it at the end of the movie. But there are a lot of other movies that make me like one of my favorite movies of all time, probably top twenty, is a movie called Sneakers. But they do the same thing. They got Robert Redford crawling around in that drop ceiling like it's made of plywood. <laughs> yeah but that's oh, okay that's funny um <laughs> i did like i did say that milo was the unsung hero of the movie mm-hmm. and oh, i impressive that um in his dream sequence he caught an unspent round you know a bullet but again most people don't know that and i think it's still funny i also think it's funny that because one that's a cartoon bit but two they do the exact same bit in the mask with jim carrey yeah mm. When the bad guy gets, he takes all the bullets and then shoots them back at the bad guys or at the other bad guys. Oh, that's right. That's right. All right. That's all the notes I got. Andrew, you you said you had more questions. Do you have more questions? Well, I think the only question that I really have left, I mean, I've got a couple of things written down, but one, this reminds me very much of British comedy. And in some aspects, uh, British comedy is a little more dry. But I, I really enjoy Monty Python and Mr. Bean and all that. Um, so I thought that this would hit me the right way. But again, you know, we talked about reasons it didn't. Um, but it does remind me a lot about, uh, of that. And then I guess one of the questions I have is, are we supposed to... Okay, there was a lot of looking at the camera from many actors in this film. And is that supposed to be done because we're saying that, you know, it's supposed to be cheaply made or is it done because the actors are, I don't know. I, I don't know if you noticed it, but there are scenes where they're supposed to look at the camera and I get that, but there are other scenes that I felt like they weren't supposed to. And there were people, you know, directly staring into the camera lens. So, which again, it may not matter, but it, it is something I, I caught. Think, I think you have baffled both of us because we're. It looks like we're both racking our brains trying to remember no. scenes where, like, I don't. Other than, I'm sure. Like, yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure it's small, and I'm gonna fall back on my previous answer that I don't think Weird Al does anything by accident. So if it's a movie about yeah. UHF, um, the things that feel unsettling because they feel cheap and amateurish, I'm sure it's there for a reason. Um, so yeah, 
I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm just basically worshiping at the altar of Weird Al as <laughs> I say all this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he can do wrong. There's songs that I don't like. There's things that I don't like that he's done. But he he was kind of the, the mastermind behind this. And I feel like he wouldn't have put it out there if at the time it wasn't what he wanted it to be. So Right. Okay, I'm just trying to think um, of moments when people are looking at the camera. Because I'm gonna like watch it again, like real, real close next time. Because I always have my yeah, I love this. This is my mashed potato of movies like moment, and yeah. now I'm gonna have to pay a lot. I'm gonna pay a lot closer attention to that kind of thing the next time I watch this for sure. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I I also want. I mean, and you guys might not know this, and I mentioned it earlier, but. I also feel like there are things that I genuinely missed because I didn't understand the reference. Um, and like you said, everything's in there on purpose. So I kind of wonder if there are things that like, are there things that he was reference, referencing at the time or parodying, 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 Sure. <laughs> uh, at the time that are no longer, you know what I'm saying? That we, we wouldn't get today in our society. I mean, I know that was only 30 some years ago, but that's 30 years ago and a lot's changed since then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would think so. You know, I mean the line, I love the companies, you know, I use the products. I bought the company, you know, I'm not just the owner. I'm also a client like that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. It's hilarious. Cause we know about it, but like, if you put this movie in front of a 15 year old kid today, they're not going to get that reference, but it was there on purpose because it was a thing, you know, somebody today might find it funny, but wouldn't necessarily understand why. Um, uh, I'm, I'm trying well, to think specifically about that. When I watched it the first time, I only thought it was funny because the, the guy is clearly reading a cue card and he's reading yeah. and, and it's badly. Done, oh yeah. But it's on purpose, yeah. right? It's again, it's, it's supposed to be a dumb commercial. It wasn't until, about five hours ago when I read the trivia that the reason why that line, I like the spatula so much about the company. About the company. It's a direct line from a Norelco commercial or something uh-huh. where the guy said, my wife bought me a Norelco razor or maybe it was a Gillette, whatever. He's like, I, she bought me the razor. I loved it so much. I bought the company. And like yeah, that was the, yeah. that I didn't was know the, that. I didn't know that either. That was, the, that was the spokes line. Like that was, that was what was happening, you know, at that huh. time. So, I didn't get it either, but you know, and to be fair, I mean, I mean all three it, of us it's are not little... like it. Sorry. I, I was going to say it. It's not like it makes it any less funny in some cases, but I just wonder if I missed some stuff that may have been funnier. You maybe, know what I mean? Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we were, I mean, not to make too many jokes at Sam's expense, not, especially since he's not here, but <laughs> Sam's old enough that he probably might've remembered that bit. And Lauren, you are a few years younger than I am as evidenced by earlier statements, but like, I yeah, don't, we did re- math. yeah, right. we, well, and you mentioned high school in 2002, but like, um, there were like some of those jokes I don't get because, because none of us are quote unquote ch- children of the eighties. We're kids of the nineties. So, um, so there are some other jokes that I might still have missed. Um, but you know, there's some of them. I just, they're still funny. I don't know. just, yeah, there might be references that I still don't get. Uh, you know, is there a reason why that the 
Like, here's one plot point that has always bo- you know, kind of bothered me a little bit is that that the uncle bet $75,000 on one horse race. Like, my God. Yeah, uh-huh. it, I, the, 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 the money and the betting and the amount he owes doesn't, doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Um, you have to, again, suspend oh, yeah. all disbelief. Like, that's yeah. why maybe when I was younger watching this, that's why I kind of thought like he was either tied in with the mob <laughs> or something. Like I felt like stakes were higher or something because he genuinely felt like he was scared for his life if he didn't pay 75K this guy was going to hack him like he did that giant uh, salami roll or whatever it was. But yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? I want to sidebar back to you for a second. Cause I knew I read this somewhere sure. um, about spatula city. Uh, Nathan Rabin, who's author of the book, the weird accordion to Al and um, some other weird Al books. Um, he, uh, he, in his article about spatula city he said greenblatts so cy greenblatts who is the owner of spatula city um greenblatts is a parody of the remington ad pitchman so razors who famously crowed i liked the razor so much i bought the company and he also spoofs cy sperling who rose to camp fame for wonderfully stilted commercials where he humble bragged that he wasn't just the president of hair club for men, but also a client. Yeah. So it's mm. a mishmash of those two things that were kind of in the cultural zeitgeist at the time. Uh, so anyway, you know, somebody trying to get rid of hair and trying to put hair back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all while selling spatulas. Oh, well, selling spatulas. I do have some great <laughs> trivia about Spatula City coming up, though. So Excellent. So stay tuned for that. Right. There's a little teaser for the podcast you're already listening to. Ooh. Um, any other things, Andrew, you want to mention? Well, I mean, I've got some more, but I, I don't. we're going long, so I don't want to push us any longer. But, uh, yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe might, I and maybe they'll stuff. just. I'm afraid I miss some Maybe we'll, they'll come up when I play a few clips, because I do have a few clips. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what you need to do, Andrew, honestly, is grab a couple of beers, you know, get your drink on, watch UHF again. It'll put you in the mind state of like being a child and enjoy yourself and just, you know, (laughs) see how you feel about it, watching it that way, maybe with a buddy, you know? Yeah. I mean, there were some things in here that, like I said, really made me laugh. But then there were some other things like when he puts the dog in the punch bowl, like, uh, (laughs) I know some people might have thought that was funny. I just kind of thought, okay. It's a waste of punch. (laughs) A waste of punch. What a waste of punch. But that's a running gag with Weird Al and Poodles. So. (laughs) Uh, I didn't, I kind of mentioned it earlier. So one of the parts you mentioned, Andrew, the part that made you really laugh. So the part that that caught me off guard for some reason, I don't know what it was, but the part that made me laugh. So I was in tears was when he's doing Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse for the first time. And Bob comes out as the clown and he's all happy and honk, 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 honk. And then he says, look up, look down, now look at Mr. Frying Pan. And he hits him. It's just a forced pratfall. And that's why the kids don't laugh because it's not very funny. But for whatever reason for me, it totally worked. And I lost it. <laughs> I'm giggling. Now, did you, about it. you laughed at the forced pratfall or did you laugh I, at the pratfall because the kids weren't laughing at No, the I don't care about the kids. I'm laughing because... For whatever reason, when he hits him in the face and the the cameraman's reaction is the best part. Oh, that cameraman uh, is so good. He's like, 
He just leans back and is like, did I just see that? <laughs> his reaction was pretty good. And then when uh, when Al says, um, he asks him a question or something like, do you want a cookie? <laughs> he hits the horn. <laughs> oh, it's just like this little sad little bonk, you know, because he's, he's, he's pissed. He's pissed that oh. his friend just hit him in the face with a frying pan. Oh, my gosh. So I'm losing it. You guys can tell my face is turning red laughing. Um, That's so great. That's fine. I don't know what it is about. It's just a dumb pratfall, but it totally worked on me. There was something else. I'm trying to remember what was the other part that really made me laugh. Um, I always do like the part when when he, uh, Stanley, gets his his, um, mop back and turns it into a lightsaber. And when he hits that guy, he goes flying into the boxes. Um, you know, like Captain America had punched him or whatever. I, that, that part, yeah, kind of, kind of cracks me up too a little bit, but, oh my gosh, so funny. Um, oh, and Lauren, when I was on your show, I mentioned how the, the, the guy, gee, thanks, Mr. Guy. Yes, he thanks, Mr. Yeah. The, the actually, um, so I was, I misremembered and then it hit me. It wasn't the part when he says, gee, thanks, Mr. That I've said before, the part that I've said a bunch especially when I got my new watch, it says, I got a real neat watch. I have said that a thousand times. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I had forgotten that. But, like, as soon as he said it in the moment, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, all these memories hit me. It was, it was crazy. I love it. I love it. I all love right. it. That's so great. You ready for some clips for this from this movie? I know you are. Okay. Well, neither one of you said yes, so here you go. Yes. Clip, clips, clips. Here we go. Channel 62. Never heard of it. I'm not surprised. More people watch the fish tank at Leo's Pet Store. It's a little UHF station on the edge of town. It's been on the brink of bankruptcy for years. It's too bad I got dumped. So if you have, if you say the name of your movie, I have to capture it. I'm, I'm legally obligated. And, and for those of you who are listening to this show and don't know what that is, a UHF station literally stands for ultra high frequency. Back in the 80s and 90s, well, really before Bush... W forced the TV stations to go digital. Um, you were either a UHF station or a VHF, very high frequency station, and that's what it stands for. And it's just a it's just the method of broadcasting. It's the difference Which between I, AM and FM. I had to look that up because I I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Because as we went through the movie, I never got the answer to what that was. So at the end, I, I did. Well, in 1989, you would just know that you would have known yeah, that yeah. because you know you only there's only two ways to get TV over antenna, and your TV would have had a knob for VHF or UHF for your antenna, or you got you were lucky enough to have cable, or if you were rich, you had satellite. But well, you could have cable TV, and all your friends are jealous because you've seen Porky's 27 times this week on that cable TV. <laughs> cable TV. Oh my gosh! All of his TV parodies are great. I think I love them. Honestly, what Frank's two thousand inch TV is also pretty funny, especially since like we're actually pretty close to that now. Like, I mean, it's not that far away from. I mean, I haven't. Yeah, I have a seventy inch or sixty five inch TV downstairs, and it's it's pretty huge. Yeah, we um we did an episode on Frank's two thousand inch TV on the Beardell podcast, and uh, we do the math about that on that episode. So that's that was a fun one because there was a lot of math. <laughs> uh, I, ca- I captured this because I just love the way he says this. This is a business. 
not a home for irresponsible pus brains. Irresponsible pus brains. I love his dialogue. All his stuff is great. Okay, Andrew, here is your next calling. Buddy, where's the spatula? Okay, kids, let's go. There's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City. So that sounds weird because the way I pull clips, I only do the left channel, and so there was a stereo thing. That's why it's missing. But I didn't oh, want to play, right. and I didn't want to play too much because I probably just got kicked off YouTube for that. Um, yeah, I noticed there was a stereo thing when I, I was wearing my headphones to watch the movie, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> I got that effect, and I was like, "Hey, that's kind of cool." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is a, a very classic line of the movie. You're a lucky, lucky, lucky little boy, because you know why? You get to drink from the fire hose! Okay, you ready? Yeah! Open wide! <laughs> I also love how there's like a Star Wars laser blast in there, in that hose. I mean, it's it's not just hose coming on. There's, there's laser fire in there. You're a lucky, lucky, lucky. Yeah, I think the Death Star just blew up a planet. Um, a kid's face. It's great. It's yeah. great. Uh, next week on Cheap Seat Reviews, this is our lineup. Lesbian Nazi hookers abducted by UFOs and forced into weight loss programs. All this week on Town Talk. You know what I should have done? I If I would have thought about it, because I only thought about it this second, I would have put at the end uh, my this is Cheap Seat Reviews. I would have had him say that instead of that. That would have been great. Next week on <laughs> Cheap Seat Reviews. Uh, and of course I had to get the guy, the watch guy. When I cashed it in, I got enough money to buy a whole bunch of shares, plus I got me a real neat watch. It's a Rolex. I love it so much. It's a Rolex. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it so much. All right. Time for some trivia. And now for some more bad news. Ready? All right. Uh, there's actually a lot of trivia on this movie, but, it, you know, this is the kind of movie that has a lot of trivia. So, for the shot of the Spatula City billboard, the production bought a billboard on a remote stretch of highway. For months afterwards, drivers kept taking the exit and would ask nearby businesses about Spatula City. The ad was finally removed after businesses complained. I love it. I think that's amazing. All right. This is probably... <laughs> just left it up. Yeah, just left it up. That's funny. <laughs> uh, well, it's probably one of those things where if you buy a uh, signage, you know, you, you probably have to sign like a, you know, a, a three-month or a six-month contract. And so instead of true, paying yeah, someone to remove it, they probably just... It was cheaper to leave it up. Um. Real fish were attached to the wheel of fish. They were brought, bought at a local fish market early one morning. The set designer began attaching them to a wheel around 6 a.m., making sure that the wheel spun smoothly. Filming started around 4.30 p.m. on a hot summer day in a building that wasn't air-conditioned. Filled with studio lights and over 100 extras on the DVD commentary, Weird Al described the filming conditions as ripe. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. Red snapper. Very tasty. Oh, very tasty. Uh, according to Weird Al, his line, red rom, red rom, was not scripted, and David 
uh, Proval's confused look was genuine. <laughs> I like that. Uh, during the part that just made me laugh, during the uh, Uncle Nutsy's clubhouse scene, when Uncle Nutsy tells Bobbo the clown to look up, down, and then the frying pan, Mr. D- B- uh, David Bowes' lip was split when the pan accidentally hit him in the face. It was supposed to stop short, so his reaction is genuine. The clown makeup hid his bloodied split lip. After the scene was completed, it was decided that the take was excellent and no further takes were shot. Okay, so quick story, or oh. not story, but but quick little bit of uh, information for you. If you go to the Rotten Tomatoes website and you look up this movie, mm-hmm. you will not see David Bowe. You will see David Bowie's picture in this film. Oh, sweet mother of pearl. David Bowie is not in this film. No. <laughs> but his picture is in the cast on Rotten Tomatoes. That's, That's wild. That is too funny. Oh my God. It just reminded them of the Dave, the Dave with the power, the power of who he did what he remember. Oh, that was a labyrinth joke. Okay. It's okay. No, you remind re- me of the babe, the babe with the power. What power? The power of hoodoo, voodoo, you do, do what? Remind me of the babe from labyrinth. <laughs> no, I'm with yeah. you. I'm just enjoying that you're doing that. You're doing the voodoo yeah. that you do so well. Oh, thank you. Everything. <laughs> Whoa. By the way, uh, he is also our Star Trek connection in this episode, this movie. He was on an episode of Deep Space Nine. So there might be another one, but I'm sure Al's probably done some other. I don't think he's ever been in Star Trek, but he's probably parried it before. Parried it before. In some way, shape, or form. Have you ever watched, Andrew? I don't know if it's about you, but uh, Lauren, did you ever watch Gallivant? Yeah, I love yeah. We're, we're the mall. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I loved Galavant so much, yeah, and it, it was, was so good. It was it's so one of those good. shows that got taken off the airways sooner than it should have. Yeah. Wasn't mm-hmm. given a, fi- a proper chance or a fair shake when shows like Once Upon a Time went on for like three seasons longer than they should have. But yeah, uh, you know. I just thought it was so brilliant, and and I, and it, when when they first aired the commercial, and I saw that Al was gonna be in it. I looked at my wife and I'm like, we have to watch this. And she's like, okay, fine. But then after the first episode, because he's not in it until like almost the last episode of the first season. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care, but like I just I was glad that he was in it. But honestly, the show is so great without him that I, I love that show so much. I wish it could have had a, a third season, just a third season to wrap it up. Um anyway. And the the girl that's like the evil queen in that 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 show or that movie, yeah, the show. She's in a bunch of Hallmark movies now. And so my wife's watching Hallmark movies and she goes, Hey, you recognize her? I'm like, Yeah, she's the evil queen from Gallivan. And she goes, Yeah, she's actually the nice lead in this movie. And I said, Can you buy her? Like she says, No, I'm just expecting her to like backstab somebody in the in, in the Hallmark movie at some point. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, in one scene, George Newman and Bob discuss the television lineups. One show is the Volcano Worshippers Hour. In high school, Al started a volcano worshippers club just to get in the yearbook. Or just to get it in the yearbook. That's precious. That's perfect. (laughs) Um, That's exactly as it should be. Now, I never knew this. I didn't know any of this trivia before now. But I remember seeing this film is dedicated to Trinidad Silva. And I I never looked up what it meant. And so, Andrew, I bet you... You think that this movie has a hopping man, and I'm going to explain why 
technically does, but why the hopping man happened. Because yeah. we never see Raul's animal kingdom ever again after this, the, right. the badger's bit. This film that. is dedicated to Trinidad Silva. He was killed by a drunk driver midway through production. Had oh, he man. survived, this film would have developed the character Raul Hernandez a little more, such as the fact that there was a that he was a postal worker and would have included a scene involving the revenge of the flying poodle Fifi, who was unmercifully thrown out of the second story window. The scene with the attacking poodles was actually filmed using another actor uh, doubling for Trinidad with stuffed poodles attached to his body uh, and covering his face, but the scene was cut. So, mm. Yeah, I, I did think that it was odd that he wasn't in again, but that, yeah. uh, that that explains it. It does, and I didn't know that. I never knew that until just like, when I when I read that four hours ago. And yeah, I think of that every time I wear my Raul's Animal Kingdom sure. T-shirt. Oh, and like, the, oh. yeah, and seeing the feet. When, when <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, when when you see Fifi go out the window and burp, 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 and then that part made me laugh, and I That's felt great. and I felt bad laughing because it's like. Oh, this movie's like, I'm not saying, they're not advocating, you know, throwing dogs out windows. No one would take that from this movie. But it's just kind of funny. Like, there's this dead pile of puppies at the bottom of the... No. <laughs> it's both funny and sad at the same time. And I don't know what it was, but this time it made me laugh uh, probably more than I should have. But there you go. So <laughs> frying pan to the face and throwing dogs out windows apparently is what makes uh, Sean laugh. So it does it for you. Yeah. Uh, it's something wrong with me. Okay, time for this. Excuse me while I whip this out. Top three. We decided to do parody movies. What else? We have to do parody movies because this is, in fact, a parody of sorts, I guess. I mean, it's kind of kind of is and kind of not. It's parodying other moments, but it's not a singular parody movie like a, a scary movie or something like that. Well, it's yeah. a bunch of parodies. Yeah. And um, I posted on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, boy, did I get... Apparently, all I have to do is browbeat people into commenting, and boy, do they comment. So uh, we will have lots to say in a little bit. So Andrew goes last. Lauren, I'll let you go first. Okay, so yeah, my top three parody movies. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Spaceballs. Um, and uh, oh my god, like seriously, I mean, I'm seriously just going all Mel Brooks because I feel like he did the genre the best. I'm going Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles, and uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, okay? Uh, because all three have wonderful moments that just crack me up, sure. Oh, yeah, they're all they're all very funny in their own right. And I know people like to shit on Men in Tights for some reason. I think it's, I still think it holds up. I oh, think yeah. it's really funny. Um, <laughs> let's get out of these women's clothes and get back into our tights. Yeah. Like, I said that line constantly Yeah. <laughs> as a kid. Just like, I was like, let's get out of these women's clothes. Get back into our tights. And I was like, that's great. It's so great. I don't care. Master Robin, you've lost your arms in battle. But you grew some nice boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's 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 some there's some great moments in there. I mean, the fact that he looks at the camera and says, "I, unlike other Robinsons, can speak with an English accent." I mean, you know, he's like, "Oh, because well, I mean, that's uh, he's poking at uh, Robin, Robin uh, Williams at uh, Kevin Costner. Uh, Kevin just, Costner. I just pulled a yeah. Sam. Yeah. Um, all right. 
Uh, so I'll go. So you went all Mel Brooks. I went all uh, Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen? Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Nelson? Nielsen. 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 You get like it. The, like the ratings. Yeah. I don't know why that sounds weird in my brain. Uh, so I did Spy Hard, number three. Oh, yeah. It's got the Al connection. Which does have a weird Al connection because he does the intro for that. Uh, the Naked Gun. I'm just doing the trilogy. I like all of them. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie. The, the third one's kind of my favorite, but they're all pretty great. But the, the the line that has always stuck out in my head is when they're in prison and, you know, he gets, he gets, he sneaks into prison and um, the, the kind of main henchman, the bad guy he's trying to uh, get the dirt on, his like main body guy is this. I mean, he's basically like the early 90s version of, of, uh, help me out, Andrew, uh, football player turned actor. He was in the, O.J. Simpson. No. Um, <laughs> He's actually in the movies. I know he is. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I know you're talking about. Um, is it Joe Montana? No. He's, he's no. A big, Terry Crews? No. Terry Crews. Terry Crews. He's like there the he 90s. Is, yeah. Like He Sorry. looks like Terry Crews, right? And yeah. not just the fact that he's black, but he's like a huge black guy, right? And so when Leslie Nielsen shows up, he's saying, uh, and uh, the guy says, Prison can change a man, and he goes, "Well, how so?" And the guy goes, "I used to be white." <laughs> I just that scene has always yeah. cracked me up. I love it. So, Spy Hard number or Naked Gun number two, and Wrongfully Accused is number one. Yeah, Wrongfully that's a good Accused one. has been. It's, it's, I haven't seen it in twenty years, like this movie. But there are bits in that movie that just work for me. If I could ever find it streaming, I might force us to do it for the podcast. Um, there's just. It it every joke in that movie works for me. When the guy says, you know, it's as American as a burrito. I mean, like all of the jokes work. So yeah, that's a good one, Andrew. Well, uh, my some of mine now. Like I said, because I go last, I make a very long list and I mark off if you guys mention them. Sure. Uh, and so I, I have all the ones that you mentioned um, were on my list, uh, but I'm gonna go with. Um, Super Troopers as a kind of a spoof on, you know, cops, cops or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Last Action Hero. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As kind of a parody on action films in the 90s. hero movies. Yeah. Yeah. Action, action movies. Yeah. yeah. And then number one, I could have said the first one, but I'm going to say the second one because I like it better. Hot Shots Part, part Two. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Ugh. I do like Hot Shots yeah. Part 2. Hot yeah. Shots are great. Like, I was real close to having one of them on there, too. You know? Oh, yeah. And you picked you pick the correct. You picked the correct one. I, think I mean, honorable mention too. for me in my head was also, uh, this is Spinal Tap. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The mockumentary, uh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's a parody of a, you know, they're a parody band. Mm. They're a parody of a band, and you know, that movie never fails to make me laugh either. So sure. Now there were some questions about some parodies that so as look, you were looking. Yeah. So let me get into. Some and I think our, I have some of the same questions. Yeah. So like, let's get into Twitter here. So I posted, hey guys, what you got? And so, gosh, uh, Rosie, um, posted Tucker and Dale versus Evil, Deadpool, Galaxy Quest, or my top three from this article. So apparently, there's an article of 20 best parody movies, and. I would argue none of those are parody movies, personally. I don't think 
I mean, Tucker and Dale was just a funny movie. It's not a parody, in my opinion, but it's a funny movie. Deadpool, it's it, the whole comic is kind of a thing. But my issue is Galaxy Quest. They're not making fun of Trek. It's almost like... It's not just that it's a parody of Trek. It's like a like an homage to Trek. Like they're actually paying tribute to it, but also kind of making fun of it. I don't know. I just I don't see it see, as a. But do you see, see that that's as a the one? That's the one that I would say was closer to a parody than the other two. Yeah. in my opinion, it's a pastiche. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. And I love the movie. Don't get me wrong, I love it because even like Star Trek, you know, cast when this came out, they were still filming Next Gen and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jonathan Frakes famously went to this movie and came back to Patrick Stewart and said, you have to see this movie. And he's like, I don't want to watch something that's making fun of us. He's like, it's not. It's not making fun of us. It's it's actually kind of glorifying what it is, but they're also making fun of the dumb things of the show. Uh, yeah. So uh, I just go through. So Rosie said that. So thank you, Rosie. Uh, the Itch Rock Radio and Podcast uh, said, Airplane is the gold standard. Galaxy Quest is underappreciated, and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead is tragically unheard of. Which, oh, yeah. yeah. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. That's phenomenal. Uh, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of either. Let's see. Seth. It's a, pl- it's a, it's a play. Oh, oh okay. okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Seth at Hugo's Their Podcast. Hugo's Their Podcast. That's funny. That's a funny name. <laughs> That's clever. Uh there are so many movies that UHF outdoes in basic storytelling, and then, of course, it adds a bunch of nonsense, so it's also hilariously fun. The next, your next favorite movie podcast does the scary movies one and two only, very specifically only, not another yeah. teen movie, which I could not stand. Um, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. It's a mockumentary. Uh, let's see. The podcast that wouldn't die says, I still ride or die with Scary Movie 3, far funnier than any other film in the series. I didn't watch any of them. Um, I did. I just, unfortunately, I didn't watch any of them. Let's see. Uh, measuring the score, our good friends, Measuring the Score says, Airplane, Hot Shots Part 2, and Scary Movie. Um, Let's see, uh, Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable also says Airplane, Galaxy Quest, and Best in Show. Hi, Jesse. <laughs> uh, and Jesse does, I know he does listen to this, so he'll... he'll um... Oh, and props for Best in Show. That one's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then good friend and, sh- and listener to the show, Maxton, says you can't go wrong with Scary Movie Franchise 1 and 2. And also my favorite, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. So Yeah. Thanks, Max. So I made mention to, I think in in my five-word review, actually, that I felt like UHF does parody better than a lot of today's stuff. So if we take a look at things done recently or more recently, like uh, Remember the Spartans or Meet the Spartans, whatever it's called. Meet the Spartans, uh, yeah. And then uh, there was another one that's pretty recent. There was one that was like the the Hangover Games. That's what it was called. Oh. Um, and then I don't know. There's another one, but I watched some of them, and I I know I watched the Hangover Games. And then there was one that might have been based on Twilight. I can't remember. There was, uh, there was. I don't remember what it was, yeah. but I remember but, seeing a trailer for it, and saying I have no desire whatsoever to see that. Yeah, I watched a few of them, thinking. 
these might be funny and none of them were yeah i think yeah problem with a lot of the newer ones that are doing this is that uh, they're they're trying to be they're trying to parody something too specific right Mm -hmm. and one of the for better or worse one of the the, the great things about Weird Al is that his parodies are short and concise and they're over before you can get sick of them or feel like it's worn out and tired. Okay. Right. And that's why UHF has a bunch of different, you know, sections to it. Like and it, it can feel clunky, but I wouldn't want to watch a feature length Conan the librarian. I wouldn't want to watch a right. feature length, you know, half of the things in this. They're good little snippets. The problem with a lot of these newer parody movies is it's like you're not going to get 90 minutes out of parodying Twilight. You just can't. It's too much. It's like the Saturday Night Live movies. Those characters were built for a sketch. They can't carry a movie. And that's my opinion on that. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I agree. Um to, to round off our internet, I did not expect this um, this this outpouring of of, of um, responses. Uh, Kalia, who we had on from Pages and Podcast, says Hot Shots, Men and Tights. Um, and then basically a lot of my friends and our friends. Uh, let's see. Uh, old man Dave. Uh, his name is Dave Koresh. No, he's not the bad that guy. His, his real name is David Koresh. He always says he said Spinal Tap. Billy says Spaceballs and Mystery Men. Dustin says Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Uh, friend of the show and participant of the show, Aaron Rodgers, though not the football player, Aaron Rodgers, says Austin Powers, scary movie, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, yeah. And then my friend Jeff, who put me on to Weird Al, so this is all stems back to Jeff. Willie's Wonderland, Nick Cage versus a Chuck E. Cheese-esque, Chuck e. Cheese-esque establishment from hell. I have no idea what that is, but I want to watch it now. Um, and then he also says, or every Steven Seagal movie, if that isn't an outright mockery <laughs> assault on the reality, then I don't know what is. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, uh, Andrew, help me remember. We've got to find this Willie's Wonderland. Oh my gosh! That's well, you know my uh, you know my love for Nick Cage. So yeah, I do, which I is why I want to wa- I want to watch it. <laughs> uh, I, I do think we're probably going to do Mandy this year for Halloween. So just stands up. All right, time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Out of ten, we are doing a score. Um, out of ten, uh, can I go ahead, Lauren, and put you down for a ten? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is. Can I go higher? No. Um. Yeah. Can I go higher? Than, no. I can't. No. It's a ten. Yeah. We'll stick with ten. Andrew, what you got? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, like I said, the I don't know. The first two acts didn't really do a lot for me. The third one, when they're at the TV station and kind of bringing it to a close, that I found some funny stuff there. Um, if I could get my hands on one of those Rambo suits, just to wear at the beach, I might score this a little bit higher. Uh, but I don't know. I have to give it a good. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe a six somewhere. That's fine. Uh, six point two. Let's say six point two. I bet if there was a a, a time um, a, a future in which I said, because Sam hasn't watched this either, 
and I'm I'm a little bummed out that he didn't get to watch it for this. this. But and if I said, hey, we're gonna watch this movie, but we're gonna do it together. Come down down to the house and we'll watch it. I bet you you probably have a better time, like with oh, me I'm and sure. Sam there, because yeah. we're all gonna be laughing, and like I know the jokes are coming, so I'm 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 gonna like physically prime you up. Like here comes the dog, here comes the dog, you know, like, yeah, yeah. There's you know, well, yeah. It's that that's that's probably true because I would never in a million years want anything to do with Star Crash. But after we watched it together uh, in a in an auditorium with a bunch of people, uh, it, it has a special place in my heart. It does. You're not wrong. And there are other movies that are like that. I mean, gosh, if we would have if we would have had to watch Thunder Force by ourselves as we do a normal episode, I think we would all hate each other. Because of how bad that movie oh, is, gosh. but because we got to experience it together, we hate it just a little bit less. I think it's uh, <laughs> it's like you know when you go through any kind of hardship, you know you bond together. It's kind of a thing. I'm giving it a nine. I love this movie. I don't care. It's great. I can't give it a nine. I have to give it a nine point something. Nine point one. There you go. That makes the math good. Wait, wait. So what does ten plus nine point one plus Six point. Oh, have, it's not quite. I have the I have the math here if you want. It, it's eight point four three repeating. No, I don't want what it averages out to. I want what they <laughs> add up to. Oh. I want to know if it's twenty seven or not. It's just shy of twenty seven, isn't it? Yeah, nineteen. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Andrew would have to give it an eight for it to get to. Yeah, that's okay. Because 27 is like the Weird Al number that shows up in everything. And that would have been beautiful if it came out to a 27. But that's okay. Yeah, I read that in the right. trivia too. Like like 27 because his mom's birthday is February 7th or February Well, I'll tell you what. I gave it a 6.2. I'll make it a 6.27. How's that sound? Oh, thank you. That makes me feel a <laughs> little bit better. Like, yeah, like seven hundredths of a percent better. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my goodness. I have nothing more to say about this episode except this was a lot of fun. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. Um this was a blast. I had so much fun. Please again remind people how they can find your show. I mean, of course oh. I'll put the links and stuff in the show notes, but Sweet. So yeah, you could find my show by going to the links that Sean has put in the show notes. No, um, now you can find us on Twitter at Beard Owl Podcast, Facebook at Beard Owl Podcast, Instagram at Beard Owl Podcast, and search for Beard Owl Podcast on your favorite podcatcher. That's beer like the drink apostrophe D Al Podcast. So. I think that was the first time I said it that way, and I think I'm going to keep it like that because that's yeah. as concise as I can get it. So. Yeah, no, that was great. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll capture that out, and then you can just throw that in your own show. Excellent. <laughs> I never have to say it again. That's right. Yeah. No, you think I actually have to actually say for the uh, the podcast that – see, I can't even do it. I have to, that's why – I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for the greater good. Um yeah, that's, that was it. That's so much. Thank you for coming on. This was a blast. Uh, next week, we are having another special guest, and we are doing the movie War Games. We're doing oh, War Games. Oh, cool. Next week. I'm going to listen to that one. <laughs> with the, uh, the, um, the, the hosts of Two Dude Review. They'll be coming on to do War Games. So I'm, uh, I've actually never seen it all the way through. I have. Me either. 
I watched it once with my dad when I was so young. I don't remember it. I just know Matthew Broderick is in it, and there's tic tac toe. That's all I know. So so cool. I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing it. Um, thank you to everybody that participated. Uh, and of course, I almost forgot, as I always do, our quote game, uh, quote number 24, you talking to me? That's the quote. Play along. We get messages. Oh my gosh, messages. I totally forgot. Jeff, you have been patiently listening to this episode. You're waiting for this thing. I am going to read this. Guys, bear with me. I'm going to read this on air. But Lauren, I think you would really appreciate um Jeff, uh, listener Jeff, my friend and coworker Jeff, uh, he wanted to share his story, and I'm going to read it, and he said that that was okay. So just, again, bear with me. I have been psyched for this episode of Cheap Seat Reviews for a while. Weird Al has been an obsession of mine since I was 12 years old and heard Eat It on the radio for the first time after it was released. His In3D album was the first tape I ever purchased with my own money. Over the years, I have purchased every Weird Al album, as any good Weird Al fan should, including a couple of rare versions from Japan. I have seen him in concert eight times. I would have been nine, but the 25th anniversary cruise trumps seeing him on the Strings Attached tour prior to COVID. I may be weird, but I ain't stupid. UHF holds a special place for me as it was a movie that brought me and my brother closer together. The movie was released the summer before my senior year of high school and right after my brother had graduated from college. Like typical brothers, we fought a lot growing up, and it wasn't until we he went away to college that we started getting closer. When UHF was about to come out, there was a special sneak peek showing that was being done the weekend before in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I wanted to see it so badly, I asked my brother if he would want to come if I paid for his ticket. I didn't expect that he would be interested since it was Weird Al, but to my surprise, he agreed. There couldn't have been more than five other people in the theater for that showing, but there was enough laughter to fill the room. Hearing my brother laugh as hard as I was at certain scenes made me feel so good. While it is a cult classic for many, for me, it reminds me of that special showing and sharing of one of my interests with him. I look forward to hearing everyone's feedback on the film, Jeff. Oh, that's nice. That was very lovely. Thank you, Jeff, for that. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. And I think that speaks to the way that Weird Al kind of touches the lives of those of us that consider ourselves like hardcore Weird Al fans. Like he's so so much more important than just a music artist or just somebody that does comedy or anything like that. He's a like a driving force behind a lot of the things that make life good and that you know, keep you having a positive outlook, even if you've had a, like a crappy day. And I, you probably saw I posted on Twitter. I had kind of a crappy day today. Um, but this made my day good being able to talk about Weird Al and all that stuff. But I'm going to cry. But that was, that was such a beautiful note and it kind of gave yeah. me all the feelings. And thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Thank yeah, you again. Nice. Thank you again, Jeff, for that. Um, so on that both sweet and slightly somber note, I am going to end the show and say thank you all so much for listening. We are, of course, at cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com is our website where you can find uh, all of our old episodes. It was uh, expressed to me by a listener that we have too many episodes and our website isn't, um, 
you have to use the search function to find old episodes and that I need to find a way to create a menu of all 350 something episodes that we've done. So uh, I'm going to get on that, I guess, somehow to make that easier for people to find old episodes uh, because I want people to listen to old episodes. I think that'd be great. Um, yeah. That's it. Emails are at cheapseatreviews at gmail.com if anyone wants to do that. And like I said, next week is uh, not Hunger Games. Uh, war, war, game, game war, <laughs> war games, war games. That's it. Uh, on behalf of Lauren and Andrew, this is Sean saying thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.